Hey, beer lovers. Thanks for coming back and listening to us here on Brew Daddies again. Today, we are talking about Jailbreak Brewing Company in Laurel. Yummy, yummy beer. Oh, yummy beer. Laurel, Maryland is where Jailbreak is located. Adam and I went up and visited them today. Came yes, right back we here. we did. Right back here to record this episode for you. Jailbreak Brewing Company was started in 2013 by Justin Bonner and Casey Turner, who were both basically built their own, you know, tech startup guys, built their own companies providing software, security, technology services to the federal government, as we are here in our nation's capital. But they were kind of sick of it, and they decided they wanted to do something different. So they quit their jobs, quit their companies, and decided to start a brewery. Hence the name, Jailbreak Brewery. They broke out of their jail, so to speak, and started their brewery. Interestingly, neither of them is a brewer. They're businessmen, and they started the brewery and hired in a knowledgeable brewer to be their head brewer. There's one quote I love from Casey uh, when they started. He said, our five-year goal is to be Maryland's brewery. Not its largest, but the one that people come to because they're passionate about our beers. So despite the fact that these are two business people, they were passionate about beer. They wanted people to be passionate about their beer. And I think that's reflected in the brewer they chose and the styles of beers that they brew. One of the great things that I heard when we were speaking to them about their brewing style is that they don't use extracts. They only use real ingredients in all of their beers, no matter how complex the flavors they're going for are or whether they're fruit-flavored or whether they've got coffee or chocolate or other adjuncts. Adjuncts. Adjuncts, thank you. (laughs) Whether they have other adjuncts in their beers, they're always real ingredients. They're not putting, you know, extracts or additives, or flavorings in their beer. They're really using ingredients to create those those flavors. Yeah, and as they said, it means sometimes they may get a little bit less flavor than other commercial beers, but it's real flavor. And I think that's definitely reflected in the beers that we tried. So while we were there, we talked to Ryan. The, the head, head brewer. Head brewer there. Let's hear what he had to say. Let's do it. My name's Ryan Harvey. I'm the brewmaster here at Jailbreak Brewing Company. Jailbreak Brewing Company started back in 2013. Uh, the two co-founders, Justin Bonner and Casey Turner, had uh, jobs in the government space. They both hated their jobs. They worked long hours to make a lot of money. They spend a lot of money to work more hours, and you know. So they wanted to do something fun. So um, Justin's like, "Hey, let's start a brewery." Casey's like, "Oh, okay, that sounds cool." And then you know, I guess in April of 2013. Justin called up Casey and said, I just quit my job. He's like, oh, we're doing this then, huh? <laughs> so so I started talking to them shortly after that through a mutual contact of both myself and Justin. So we just kind of started talking. We didn't know what was happening. So we had several talks. Um, and I guess back in June or July of 13, I decided to uh, make the leap myself. Um, I was currently brewing at uh, Dogfish Head Brewery in Delaware. So I uh, started here in August of 2013. We brewed in Justin's backyard, developing our recipes. Um, started construction here in, I think, the week after Thanksgiving of 2013. 
and we started producing beer in the beginning of March of 2014. So it was a pretty quick process once we broke ground here. Um, and we're approaching our four-year anniversary now, um, so pretty exciting. Um, we've always wanted to be creative and also keep um, our beers kind of in check and balanced. Um, we feel like we do a really good job of showcasing different sides of the beer, but also maintaining balance. A lot of beers out there, like you'll have a watermelon beer, and that's all you taste is watermelon. You don't even really taste beer. So um, we use a lot of unusual ingredients, but we always use real ingredients. That's another one of our um, standards that we stick to. Um, we'll never use the extracts or anything like that. So we're making a cucumber saison. We're peeling 200 cucumbers and pureeing them up and putting them in the beer. It's weird because we started out doing a lot of unusual beers with a lot of flavor additions, and we never had any standard beers um, when we opened. But now our two best-selling beers are, are very mainstream styles, our Feed the Monkey, which is a Hefeweizen, um, and then our Infinite Amber Ale is just a straightforward, really balanced Amber Ale, and those are two top-selling beers, so kind of unusual, and we didn't have either one of those, I don't believe, when we opened, so... So when, when Jailbreak started, um, the laws had changed just recently in Maryland where breweries could have tap rooms and sell pints of beer. Uh, so we knew that going into this, that that law was either about to change or had already changed. I can't remember exactly. But so when we were building out, we knew we wanted to build a big tap room. So we have about 3,000 square feet in our existing tap room space. When we built it, when we opened it, it was the largest tap room in the state of Maryland. I think it might still be. So we kind of had some forward thinking going into that. And currently we are finishing up construction on, I believe it's another 12 or 1500 square feet of tap room space, which uh, we're building out a restaurant. Another thing that we saw coming was all this reform on tap laws that you've probably heard about um, where they're trying to shut down tap rooms and limit the amount of beer they can make and sell in the in their own tap room. So we saw that coming and we've been trying to fight it ever since we heard about it three years ago. And we saw there was, we're not getting any traction on it. So we're like, we need to look out for ourselves. So we said, let's build a tap room. I mean, not a tap room, let's build a restaurant change your license from a production brewery to a brew pub, and then we can sell as much beer as we want. So by having our own source of food, we hope to you know, generate obviously more people coming in and maintain a longer duration for the people that would be here anyways. Uh, beer naming is quite a process around here. It's usually a last minute thing. We never plan ahead and come up with names before, you know, we've always have the beer brewed before we even start discussing a name. Justin probably comes up with the majority of the names, I would say 98% of them, but he doesn't always come up with a good name right off the bat. So, you know, he throws out names and we shoot them down and uh, they tend to get less and less ridiculous uh, the more times we shoot it down. But I think they do all have, you know, a lot of fun aspects to the names you know some of them come from certain things um like feed the monkey is a line in the movie the big lebowski which we're all fans of so that one was fun the kavorka which we did a uh, black cherry porter we just wanted to name a beer the kavorka that's from seinfeld um so we used that and then when we made a kettle soured version of kavorka 
this year we called that Sister Ver- Sister Roberta, which is also from the same episode of Seinfeld where the Kavorka came in. So, but we do a lot of music references and stuff like that. We do enjoy our music here, so we try to sometimes keep tying it into music or something relevant. Like Van Damme is our uh, Belgian strong dark ale, so. John called Van Damme is Belgian, so that's where that Van Damme came from. Um, and the artwork kind of ties into the name sometimes. Um, our artist is great. Uh, we work with Bill Green Studios out of California. He does all the artwork for uh, the Lebowski Fest. Um, so I happen to have a lot of his artwork at my house and enjoy it. So on a whim one night when we were looking for artists, I just sent him an email and said, hey, you know, I love your stuff big fan of Lebowski we're a new brewery we're looking for an artist anything you'd be interested in doing and he emailed right back and said if there's anything I'd love to do more than Lebowski it's beer so he's been with us since the beginning uh, he's been out to a couple of anniversary parties so he's really really great guy great artist and uh, fun to work with all right thank well, you thank much, you Ryan. yeah really thank you guys why don't you tell us a little bit about the tap room at Jailbreak Brewing Company I thought it was a gorgeous tap room very big, very airy. Was the, it nice? Was it nice, Adam? Tell us I it was nice. I didn't say nice, did I? Because I didn't want to drink. But now that you've said it, we have to drink. Uh, yeah, I've been drinking. It was a nice. All right, nice. like I said. So nice. Big, airy. Rock music was playing. Classic rock music. I Classic rock. It was good. Very Cheap good trick. music. Big screen TV. Great little bar. I loved all the big Lebowski references all over the place. A lot of good art. Yeah, good art. They've also reflected that some in their beer. It was just great. And pretty soon, in just a couple weeks, they're going to have a restaurant as well. And they're actually switching over from being a production brewery to being a brew pub. Um, And they they informed us that it's because that would allow them to serve more beer on premises. More beer good. Yeah. Then they are under the production brewery license. And because of the way things are going in Maryland, you know, got to pressure our lawmakers so that they open things up so that local beer can compete with a lot of the commercial beer. The tap room is open Wednesday through Saturday only. On the weekdays, it's 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. On the weekends, you can cut there as early as noon on Saturday. They're not open Sunday, but you can rent the tap room for events. They've had weddings there. They've had business meetings there. I Bar would, mitzvahs, maybe. Probably. Maybe not. Maybe not. They do have a 21 and older rule for the tour. Yeah, that would cut down on the bar mitzvahs. They have two types of tours at Jailbreak Brewing Company. You can do the full tour. It's $10. They charge for their tour, but it's totally worth it because you get a tasting flight and a pint glass. With hey, that, we didn't get our pint glasses. For that 10, we didn't pay. They gave us. See, now you're, you're just like making things up. They comped us, man. Yeah. Because why do we do this podcast? Free beer. Free beer. We do get free beer. So if you pay the $10 for the full tour, you do have to sign up on their website. And when you come in, you'll get a ticket. And that ticket will get you your, your free glass. Anybody uh, can, take a, can ask for a tour, by the way. Any Wednesday through Friday at about 3 p.m., if you ask and say, hey, can we do a quick tour, they will do a mini tour for free. Yeah, I should say the full tour is quite lengthy, which is great. You learned a lot about the brewery, 
a lot about the brew process, but be prepared to spend some time going through the tour. Well, I think it's because people are paying for it, so they yes. really want to make sure that people get their money's worth. Um, so it's a very detailed tour, much more detailed than most other breweries that we've taken tours at. Mm-hmm. And you get to sample one of their production beers as well. And in our case, it was one that they've never brewed before, a Belgian strong ale, which is really nice. I really enjoyed it. I really did. I'd, I'd like to go and try to actually get get my hands on that once they once it goes once they start releasing it yeah yeah i'm hoping they allow us to get growlers of it because some other beers they don't we did not talk to any of the patrons while we were at jailbreak uh it was a very crowded room and we just realized pretty quickly we weren't going to get the kind of yeah lots of kids too it's a very kid-friendly tap room yes it is Lots of kids there. There are games to play. They had some tabletop shuffleboard, mm-hmm. um, big cushy uh, couch Couches. sofas, yeah. and big cushy leather chairs in part of the room. But you got to get there early and fight for those, I'd imagine. But it's very, very pretty, very well designed, a really comfortable space. And I'm looking forward to the restaurant opening. Hey, what say we talk about some other beer? Let's do it. My favorite beer that I had while we were there is called Sister Roberta. It is a cherry sour porter. It's a gorgeous color. It's almost a deep burgundy color. It almost looks like wine. Strong cherry and toasty aromas, like a like a like a sour cherry jam spread on a really deep, dark, toasted piece of earthy bread, like a pumpernickel bread. And the flavor of the beer is a really strong sour cherry flavor with just enough maltiness to uh, give you the breadiness to to balance the sweetness with the sourness of the cherries. I wish it had finished with a little bit more sweetness, a little bit more maltiness, uh, but it's got a very dry finish that works really well with the beer, and I gave this beer four steins. Wow, I wish I could have tried that one, but I just didn't get the chance. There's only so much beer we can drink on these on these visits before exactly. before we're just useless. <laughs> so it's the hard part yep. about 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 visiting breweries is, you know, sixteen to twenty ounces, and and it gets harder to actually do the work we have to do while we're there. I wouldn't say hard. Hard to do it well. <laughs> And the poor listener, then we come back and we're just like, oh, this is all crap. We can't really use any of it for a podcast because nobody wants to hear us bumble through our drinking. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, one of the beers that I really, really enjoyed is actually one of their signature beers. It's called Feed the Monkey. It's their Hefeweizen. It's one of the beers that they can pretty frequently. And it's a nice, light-colored, slightly cloudy beer. I mean... You know, it looks like your normal Hefeweizen. The aromas, classic Hefeweizen aromas, banana, some spiciness, a little clove. Also, they add some orange zest as well as a little bit of orange juice to give it some citrus flavor. And that comes through slightly. It comes through, for me at least, more as a tropical fruit aromas and flavor than it was orange. But, you know, kind of similar, citrus, tropical, not that far apart. Taste-wise, it was very clean, very balanced. Banana is definitely the star in this Hefeweizen. I mean, Feed the Monkey is the name for a reason. 
really enjoyable, really drinkable. I mean, this is something I could just go there and drink several of them at a time. So I gave it four steins. I thought it was really good. I tasted a little bit of it, and I really enjoyed it as well. So we've got two Forstein beers. We've got Sister Roberta. We've got Feed the Monkey. They're Hefeweizen. I tried also the Fedhead Grapefruit IPA. This is a collab they did with a brew house in Annapolis, Maryland. It was a really nice fruity bitter uh, with a just an amazing grapefruit aroma. All made with El Dorado hops, which I really, really liked. So another Forstein beer. I'm not sure anybody else is going to be able to get it because I think because it was a collab, it was like a one-off. But definitely showed off their ability to create a really complex fruity IPA and balance the fruit and the bitter. Uh, and a really exceptional use of El Dorado hops, I thought. Forsteins all the way. It's another one I didn't get a chance to try but I really want to. The second beer I wanted to talk about was called their Made Wit Basil. Now, that second word is not whiff. It is wit, because this is a wit beer. For me, at least, a lot of times wit beers can be a little bit boring. I mean, they're pretty standard. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're different. I like a wit beer. I mean, I don't not Time like and a place them. for everything, I guess. It's exactly. not something I pull off the shelf. But this one is made with a lot of fresh basil. Like Richard said in the beginning, they use only fresh, real ingredients. So they put in a ton of basil into the fermenter while this is fermenting. And according to the brewer, they do it. They actually do two additions of basil, one right when it goes into the fermenter and one a week later. And boy, does that basil come through. This is a really light-colored beer, very crystal clear, I thought, very inviting color. The aroma is basil. I mean, that just comes through right to you. You get a little bit of the citrus notes behind it, but that basil is right there. Taste-wise, again, basil just comes right at you with a little bit of the spiciness. You know, traditional wit beer kind of taste, but with those really nice... Oh, I said nice. Got a drink. I'm getting drunk because you can't speak. That's the first time this podcast that I said nice. The last time you Correct. said it. I said it last time. All right. Let's 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 keep this clear. Anyways, I thought the basil went really well with the wit beer style and made it an exciting type of wit beer for me. And I gave this four steins. I'll just add to this. I really thought that the aroma was everything you said it was. The basil came through in the aroma in a fantastic way was a little flowery for me in the flavor profile. That basil was a little too much. It kind of overpowered the other flavors for me. And so I gave it three steins. Not bad. Weird. Not bad. It was just a little flowery. Normally, you you're more sensitive to flowery yeah. flavors in our, in the beers, but for me, it was just a little flowery. Not certainly worth trying. And it's you know again well crafted. You know, yeah, for it, me, the, it's, four, it's, the four ounce taster was enough for me. For me, it's the hoppy floweriness. That gets to me more than this was more. I think the floweriness came from the basil, which was okay for me. But I really, really enjoyed this beer. So to sum up our experiences with Jailbreak Brewing Company, we tried four of the beers that we thought were fantastic. The Fedhead Grapefruit IPA, the Feed the Monkey Hefeweizen, the Sister Roberta, 
Sour Cherry Porter, and the Made with Basil, Basil Wit Beer. All of them four steins. Jailbreak Brewery overall, definitely four steins. Absolutely a brewery that you should visit if you're coming to Baltimore or D.C. It's about half an hour uh, outside of D.C. to the northeast and about 10 minutes outside of Baltimore. To the south. To the 15 minutes. I'd say 15. 15 minutes outside of Baltimore. Beautiful brewing facilities. Beautiful. Beautiful brewing facility. Totally worth taking the tour. Pay the $10. It's worth the tour to see. They've they've really thought through how how their facility is set up. The tap room is gorgeous. By the time you get here, probably the restaurant will be open. And they'll actually be having table service for the beer as well which so, is really nice yeah definitely a brewery that you should visit so many they had 15 beers on tap while we were there we would have loved to have tried them all several experimental a lot of their regulars and just a really nice variety casks it's it, it, it's i would say it's one of the top breweries in maryland without a doubt and thoroughly worth a visit if you have the opportunity you can find Jailbreak Brewing Company online at jailbreakbrewing.com. They have everything about the brewery, what's on tap before you go, descriptions of all their beers, of course. And, of course, you can make that reservation for your tour. Don't forget to do that. If you're going up, make a reservation online for the tour. Thanks for listening to The Brew Daddies. Remember, we're available anywhere you get your podcasts. We hope you'll subscribe and tell your friends about us. And remember, always drink good beer. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.